You're listening to a Score North podcast right now, and if you're a business owner, so are your customers. In fact, I could be talking about your business right now, telling the tens of thousands of loyal fans about you and sending them to your business. Find out how you can partner with your favorite Score North podcast. Visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. Fill out the form, and we'll get in touch with you quickly. Once Phil, Judd, Declan, or others start talking about your company, you'll be amazed at how many fans start showing up. So visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. It's the Score North Twin Show. It's not really breaking news anymore today, but I guess for the purposes of this show, you know, we haven't... uh, There goes my button bar. My button bar is crapping out. It's probably for the best, so I can't bombard you guys with sounders here. But uh, some major shakeups in the Twins TV situation. There's a lot to talk about here, boy. So we'll get to the hot stove stuff maybe later on this week. Again, we did a couple episodes last week, but Twins sent out a press release. Dick Bramer announces. It's interesting, the distinction here, by the way. There's some drama, I feel like. The Twins said Dick Bramer announces transition to special assistant role in Twins front office. But then the Athletic reported it was not a mutual decision. It was the Twins' decision to move on from Dick Bramer. 40 years as a Twins broadcaster. Mm-hmm. And Dick was being a good soldier and, you know, going along with it. So I can read some of the quotes and stuff here. And then there's the whole, like, where are the games going to be televised? Right. Apparently, according to different reports, it doesn't sound like anyone's even under contract going forward. For the like the like the broadcasters on both, I think radio and TV have up in the air contract situation. So when you guys saw, what do you what do you make of this? Let's start with the drama of this. Like, do you think the twins are trying to pull a fast one here? <laughs> hey, Dick came to us. It's a he just got sick of this. He didn't want to do a goodbye tour. Like, I don't know. The yeah. way this is being framed feels a little off to me. I guess. Um. Y- yes, I, I think they decided. I, I think this is probably a lot like the John Gordon thing. Now, the Gordon thing's intriguing because Gordon's uh, workload was cut back in his last year. But as I recall, he was very much allowed a farewell tour. Like we knew that was going to be mm-hmm. Gordo's goodbye. I don't think Gordo yeah. wanted to leave yet, but he was basically told. And I think this is the same thing. Without the good goodbye, um, I, I think privately the Twins would probably say. Um, well, you know, he, he was at the end of his contract and the reality is it was, it was 40 years, although I'll clarify that in a second. There's a, there's some misremembering of that a little bit, but anyway, it was 40 years, you know, and, and if Sounds you like guys it wasn't, recall, was it wasn't 40 years, is it 39? I'll, I'll clarify in a second, but. Anyway, if you guys recall, um, when when I believe it was Trevor Plouffe and Justin Morneau at on one of, if not the last telecast, gave him like a cake and he got emotional. Mm-hmm. Um, that struck me as, boy, this seems like a last telecast. And then in the playoff game, when Bramer was in the stands, they showed him and he got a really nice. They they showed him on the scoreboard, and at, he just got at a, the stadium. At the stadium, yeah. but during a playoff game, so the place was full, and he got a really nice round of applause. And so I thought to myself, that's that's just sort of seems like a guy who is probably who very well might not come back. Here's the one thing I'll defend the Twins a little bit, and they're not going to come out and say this. I wonder if they sort of sat Bramer down at the beginning of last year and said, "Hey, you know, not quite sure what's going to transpire here." 
Um, do you want to make this, you know, your farewell tour? And I wouldn't be surprised if he said, well, no, I'd like to see if I can come back or not. So, like, th- there's always stuff behind the scenes like that, you guys, yeah. that transpires, especially with broadcasters. Um, as far as the f- 40 years go, congratulations. It was 40 years. First of all, it wasn't continuous because he missed a season, but that's not his fault. He just, they they transitioned. But if you guys go back and look, too, um, the 40 years was was um, on different outlets at times with different broadcasters. Like, it wasn't like he was the voice, like, like Herb Carneal was the voice of Twins Baseball. On the on, radio. Yeah. And uh, on CCO for years. And he was the primary guy. Um, from 62 to, to the time that he passed away. Bramer, if, if you go back and look, started at Spectrum Sports in 83, but he wasn't like the main guy on on the over the air at the time. So he was there doing games. But for instance, in, in 91, the primary broadcasters on television were Ted Robinson and Jim Cott, and Dick would fill in. So, like, that's sort of how, how it worked. It wasn't just like he was the voice of Twins Baseball. So he's um, been the voice of Twins Baseball for, like, on TV for, like, 30, like, I mid-90s. Think was, like I think mid Yeah, because here's the weird 84. thing. I, I went back because I'm a complete geek. I, I'm back and looked this up last night. E- even in, like, 93, Chad Hartman and a guy named Bobby Carpenter, who I believe Declan has a scorebook. Because I do have Bobby Carter's for, for made a famous yep. scorebook now, and he's been the voice of the national. Did he get rich off? Did he get rich off like spiral binded? It's a, uh, it's a nice It's a nice would, scorebook, Dexel. I would <laughs> say about ninety five percent of play by play guys, TV radio, use this scorebook. I use it because when I worked at the Saints, Sean Aronson recommended it to me, and I fell in love with it. It's a great scorebook. If you're Wait, a scorebook, the, dude, the, it's awesome. The nineties for Twins broadcasters. You're saying we had. And even for Minnesota sports broadcasters, we had oh. the guy that like revolutionized the scorebook calling Twins games. Some games on TV. Tommy John called Twins games as the color commentator for like a year or two. The most Tommy Harvard- John, like not Tommy, not like not like the knife, like actual Tommy John. Okay, there's the an knife. entire conversation here because ah. it's really intriguing. Of all of the partners that Bramer had, Tommy John is like the most just parachuted in. Did like he play everyone for the else, Twins even. No, he never played for the Twins. This is what but I My I dad hated Tommy John. Like every, I remember every time we'd watch the Twins, it was like one year. It was like 93 or 94 or something. Oh, my and, God. And it was on MSC. It was Midwest Sports Channel. Yeah. And my dad used to, we'd watch these games, and he'd be like, hey, Tommy John makes baseball sound like rocket science. It's not. He's trying to be the smartest guy in the room. He's not that. wrong about that. Your, dad, your old man was right. But like Tommy John, who played 26 years, had a surgery named after him, played for like six teams, never played for the Twins, parachuted in. But I think Bramer basically became the main TV voice in about 95 or so. So, Yep. yep. I remember as a kid, uh, my dad took me to – it was somewhere, was it like the uh, the Brown Center in Brooklyn Center, Brooklyn Park area? And there was a big autograph convention happening. And Willie Mays was there. So, like literally Willie Mays was there cool. signing autographs. No kidding. And so I had cool. a, I have family in uh, the San Francisco area. So I have like Giants stuff as a kid and whatever. And so I had like a Giants themed baseball. I stood in line for probably an hour and a half to meet Willie Mays, get his autograph. There's a couple other players there too like some former twins um but i remember dick bramer was there making an appearance i don't know if it was if he was signing or what but we my my dad and i i'm like probably nine years old eight years old walking through 
this convention. And I remember meeting Dick Bramer as an eight or nine year old. And, you know, my dad, you know, Philip, this is, this is Dick Bramer. He's the guy you see on television. And, and, you know, and Dick net like in being around him as a nine year old for five minutes and then listening to him on the TV broadcast and then being around him in the press box for, you know, the last 20 years, he's always like, he doesn't have an off switch and I'm not saying that to rip him. I mean, like he is a professional broadcaster in the hallway on TV Hello, you know, hello, Judd. How are you today? Like he's yep. he's he is like honed as a broadcaster. Forty years, by the way, in this industry, whether you're on the play-by-play side or whatever it is, sideline reporting, or whether you're idiots like us that are just giving takes on microphones, that's a freaking long time to be employed by oh, one yeah. entity in today's age. So, I mean, hats off to him for just like, wow, dude, forty years of of being able to do what he probably dreamt of doing as a kid, I'm guessing. That's that's pretty cool. So did Mays sign sign a baseball for you or something? Yeah, and his signature looked nothing like Willie, like Mays. Willie Mays. There was like something that looked like a T, you know, I don't know what he was really? going for. But it was it was a very smooth signature, but it didn't read like Willie Mays. Like Harmon Killebrew has a pure oh, or half, I should say. Rest in peace, right? He would he would yeah purposely practice his signature knowing that he wanted to give every single kid that came up to him a memory that if once he passed Mm -hmm. away, which he has, you'll be able to know who signed that baseball. Mm -hmm. And so he would very, very meticulously write out Harmon Killebrew in cursive letters. So pretty cool. Yeah. Willie Mays. I was a big autograph geek back in a, like the nineties, late. I was when I was a kid. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. Only at like twins fest. I think the coolest one I got was like Pat Neshek. Like I've never been a big, uh, he signs a good autograph. He does sign a really good autograph. Uh, and then remember they opened super targets and that was like early two thousands, maybe even like 2000. I think they opened, but I was there and Darby Hendrickson happened to be like signing autograph because they opened this super target, you know, in Roseville or wherever the Just hell it was. Just hanging out in produce. He's stuff. a hard hanging get in the state. He's a real hard get. And uh, he's probably I, shopping he's, there. By the pharmacy, yeah, yeah he's he, at a you just, he just like ran him? him in the pharmacy. No, no, he, he, he wasn't signing autographs, dude. You bothered. I him. swear to God, he had a booth and everything. He was getting his medication. He had his headshot. Yeah, he just he comes to he comes to the just pharmacy. Just some allergy this meds. Darby Hendrickson. <laughs> um, but I've never been oh, a huge autograph guy. Uh, but with oh, you know with with Bramer, like I mean, I grew up as a kid. I mean, yeah, voice of my generation, and and so many awesome memories of him calling games. I also. I'm in the belief that, hey, some people move on to bigger and different things. Like John Gordon to me, some of my fondest memories with my father who's not here is listening to John Gordon on the radio. Love it. It's one of my like core memories, just sitting in a garage or a backyard listening to John Gordon call Twins games with my dad. Mm-hmm. And when Corey Provis stepped in, it was an awesome transition, I thought. Like, was I sad to see Gordo go? And at that time, I'm like 18, 19, I think starting college or just wrapping up high school when Gordo stepped away. Um, but I also believe there's also time for change and there's time to kind of revamp things. And that's clearly what the twins are trying to do here. Yeah, it is. Uh, there's so many questions here. Let's okay. We just kind of went off on a side tangent there. So let me go back to a couple key questions here. It was a great side tangent, by the way, the autograph thing is great. Yeah. I love that. So, so do you think I'm just going to read you what the twins wrote and then what the athletic wrote. Okay. And then what's, you know, what some of the, I've seen some stuff on Twitter too, from reporters. So the Twins and longtime play-by-play, this is from the Twins. The Twins and longtime play-by-play announcer Dick Bramer announced that the club's television voice for the past 40 years is stepping away from the broadcast booth and will transition into a special assistant role within the front office. 
quote from Dick Bramer. Um, in those 40 years, I broadcast 4,972 Twins games. Over the last year or so, I thought it would be really cool to make it 5,000. Then I thought to myself, how selfish would that be? A broadcast should never be about the announcer. It should always be. He's, like, he's In this quote, he's sort of coming to the realization that, no, I'm, this is time for me to step away. But then The Athletic has this nugget that says, in a stunning move, the Twins announced Tuesday their longtime play-by-play man would no longer be part of the broadcast booth. Instead, Bramer is retiring and transitioning into a special assistant role. A high-ranking team official confirmed health isn't a factor in the decision. The Twins instead want a change in the booth. To me, that's very conflicting, though, right? Like, the Twins are framing it as, no, Dick is, this is Dick's decision. And then even, like, in the first part of the Athletic article, it's, you know, that it's that Bramer's retiring, but then two sentences later, it's the Twins want a change in the booth. So, I mean, whatever, like. It is what it is. I think you can kind of read between the lines here. Did Dick deserve, if Dick wanted to do a goodbye season, John Gordon got the goodbye season, you know? Herb Carneal got the goodbye season as a part-time broadcaster, if I remember correctly, back in like the late 90s or early 2000s. Well, Herbie did the, um, Her- he was the, he did home games exclusively for yeah. a long time. I think starting in like 99, because if, if you recall, it was Gordon and LaPanta on CCL. Um, and then I believe Herbie, just, I, he passed away. He passed away basically the season before the rights shifted from CCO at the time to KSDP. Yep. Um, but I don't think he got the goodbye season. Cause I think he was going to come back and do home games. Okay. But, but did Dick deserve that? Okay. At 40 years, if they offered him the opportunity and, and he was from what I've heard at the end of his contract. So he needed to sign if he was going to come back, sign a new contract. If the twins behind the scenes said this very well is going to be it. Do you want a goodbye season? And by the way, to give the twins a little bit of the benefit of the doubt here, 40 years is a perfect, right? Like, like if you're planning on that, like, like it's not going to be like, well, we got to get you to 41 years. If they offered him the opportunity and he said, you know what? No, let's, let's let this play out. And hopefully I come back. Then I think it's fair. If he's completely blindsided, and like they didn't tell him a thing. That's a little bit rough. Hey, you're no, out, and we're gonna write this release for you. Like, yeah. I don't know. I, I'm well, sure they collaborated they're gonna, on it. But they're still gonna pay him something. I've, and the twins, you know, the twins do continue their tradition of firing at nobody. Like everybody, like they can't just shove you out the door. It's always like, hey, here's a here's not only a golden parachute, but here's a title for you, and a title for you, and a title for you, Guardy Molitor. Okay, yeah, we fired you, but we love you. Come on back. But anyway, they, they do they do a great job at the at the soft sort of well uh, re- relieving of employment. I will say that yes. Where, where I actually won't joke about that is is uh, pre Dave St. Peter, this team uh, for a long time alumni wise did a terrible job yeah like they like killabrew had a falling out at some point how do you have a falling out with harman man of all time and like carew <laughs> carew was like i don't know if he was persona non grata or that or or that he didn't like them but like dave st peter has really worked his ass off for a long time now so if that's the price to pay that's fine but back to your question if the twins offered him you know hey this is probably it 40 years, it's absolutely perfect, and he said no, then I think the Twins aren't going to come out and say that, but that's fair. If he got totally blindsided, then I guess I feel a little bit worse for for Bramer. But as we'll talk about, 
I'm not going to object to the route that they're going either. And I know it's not the exact same, but like media people, broadcasters, radio hosts, like all of us, like we're under contract to a degree. And when that contract comes up and there's no renewal that takes place, you don't always just get a goodbye. It's not really how that works. In fact, there's a lot of situations where a lot of talented and awesome, well-respected radio hosts, their contract is up or there's a gutting that happens. And their last show was a Friday that they thought was a nonchalant show and they're not back on the air on Monday. It just, it unfortunately, you don't always get to say goodbye like that. And we've experienced that. But I don't think it's just all he gets the benefit of the doubt because his contract was up and he gets to come back and say goodbye for one more year. If that conversation took place with the twins and Bramer that, hey, if you're going to enter this contract year, there's a chance here that, you know, you're not going to be renewed. Like he has to also kind of know that, in my opinion. So that's I, also see, I think at. it's different for like a talk show host that might just say anything. I think part of the reason companies do that with talk show hosts is because they're pissed and they're opinionated and they're, you know, the they, companies don't trust people like us to not like, Hey, we're going to let you go. We're not going to renew your contract, but you know, you get one day to say whatever you want to your audience. And then you can, you know, it's, I, I kind of get it from the company perspective on that front, but on the, on the 40 year play by play guy front, I would say if Dick wanted a farewell tour of some kind or one last season to say goodbye, he should have gotten it. But just kind of reading through, like, it's, it's my guess is, I'm not reporting this, but it feels like sort of digesting all the information. Maybe the twins went to him a year ago before the contract, or maybe they discussed after the contract was up some sort of more limited role. And maybe what Dick is saying here is like, I didn't want to be the story. So I'd rather just, let's just have that be my last game over here. Right. So mm-hmm. maybe that's what happened. But to Judd's point, I sort of love the blank canvas in front of them now because the way that people consume games, I think, is changing. You know, ESPN is doing these alternate broadcasts with the Manning cast. They'll put the McAfee show on the sideline of a college football game. Um, Is it the Brave that sometimes will just put like four former Braves players with no play-by-play guy in a booth? It'll be like Glavin and Frank Coor, right? Mm -hmm. Players only. Chipper. And and the the, Chipper Jones. And the Twins have sort of like... They have found a really interesting and I think entertaining group of former players from the last 10 years. Trevor Plouffe is part of one of the most prominent digital baseball media companies in John Boy. He's an investor. He's a daily host. He did a great job. Now the twins tried to fit Trevor into their Bally's sort of format, right? All right, you're going to, you're going to be down there on the side, you know, on the side interviewing players after the game. And then they would integrate him into the booth once in a while. Glenn Perkins. I mean, hell Glenn's Glenn's been, I mean, Glenn cut his teeth in media on our show, long form radio opinions, all that stuff. Morno's a little more dry, but he's when you're in there with the right pairing, right? He's got knowledge. He knows what he's seeing. I think, and I know you guys probably agree with this. Corey Provis transitioning from radio to TV, if that's what happens, would be a perfect straw that stirs the drink, either with one other player or if it was a multiplayer booth. If it was like Provis. Glenn, Morno, maybe it's Trevor Plouffe when they're on the West Coast. Trevor May just retired. I think he lives yeah. in Seattle. So they've got like cool. all these West Coast road trips. You know, would he want to do something? And Provis, younger than Bramer, right? He's, I mean, he's doing stuff on Big Ten Network. Provis is ready to do a national TV gig at some point. He's already doing Big Ten Network basketball and football. So, I mean, that's what I'd love to see happen, man. Corey Provis steps in, gets some of these... 
like 2010s former twins in there and have some fun in that booth. This is Tom Bernard. Can't get enough of sports talk with Phil Mackey and Judd Zolgad. Tune in to the new Tom Bernard Show podcast Monday through Friday as Phil and Judd join me to discuss the latest sports headlines and whatever else comes to mind. Just download the Tom Bernard Show app wherever you get your podcasts or visit TomBernardShow.com. It's another way to get more from me and Judd talking sports and having fun with Tom, and it's all at your fingertips. Download the Tom Bernard Show app now and join the conversation. Well, and the best part now is it almost 100% is Bally's is out. So, like, we don't have to worry about them anymore. And and look, um, they've got a lot of... Coming up next, we spin another loss, and we spin it hard. Well, there's still um, going to be spin, though, no matter what, right? Well, it's no, be- there will be, but the point is, I think we're, we're going to remove it, – it's very clear, and yes, teams influence broadcasts. I'm not trying – I'm not naive enough not to think that. But, Bally, it's just very clear, and Fox Sports North had this a little bit, too. I feel like Bally has taken it um, over the top. That there is a that there is a assumption going in that unless you tell us, we are going to do everything we can to make the team look good to to the point of where like your pre and post game shows are meaningless because they don't because they don't really break things down. They just right. try and ba- they're they're basically just propaganda shows. Um, now the Timberwolves games are different in the sense that uh, Michael Grady and Jim Pete are like to me the gold standard of what you want. So with what I'm assuming is this: the Twins are going to have a platform. It probably assisted, if I'm, if my guess is right, MLB will assist them in in launching something. But gone are the days of you have to start your own victory sports. You don't need ancillary programming. In fact, you can just basically put the games on. I, I think when the Padres left Valley in the summer, they basically had a standing channel on cable and satellite that said Padres baseball up next, and then they would start the game. Yeah. And and so I think what we have here, to use your word, is a blank canvas um, that's going to allow the Twins to control things. And the thing I love about Provis is he's not going to try to BS you. He's good enough. And if you guys heard when Bramer missed, I think it was like um, second and third games of the season against the Astros because of COVID, and they, they moved Corey from radio to TV, and it was uh, Perk was in the camera well, so he, he was supposed to do, you know, like the occasional check-in. And I think Justin was in the, the booth and Corey seamlessly incorporated them both. Yes. And he didn't. And, and here's the thing about Corey that's different than, than Bramer. Bramer would try to one, do traditional play-by-play on TV in 2023, completely unnecessary. You don't need to do play-by-play. Yeah, like if something enough, big, like there's enough visual cues on the screen and stuff. A home run yeah. call. Awesome. Do the home run call. But like, I don't need to know there's the pitch down low two and one. Like you can have a conversation during that time. Corey, I think will incorporate elements of what you want in a telecast, which is, which is not over the top, but honest conversations that incorporate like when you have, and this has been my thing going way back when you have Justin Morneau and perk, you got like us, we got a ton of questions. It, it's it's like when Boone joins us, right? I don't think we try to tell Booney, here's what we know about offensive line play. We're just like, oh yeah, what's that? What's that? And Corey does that. Sure. I think I think that this might what what I want is a cross between um 
a baseball game with some information play by play some, but I will, what I really want in 2023 is more of a talk show. You want to be entertained. What's going on, entertained and informed. Sure. You know, what's your number one thing when you sit down to watch a game, as much as we've watched sports, my personal goal is what can I learn? Like, what don't I know? Cause these people know more than me. I know that. Yeah. I think I, what I love about just like what former athletes can bring to the table is, insight that you wouldn't get mm-hmm. as just a regular fan right what t- so to your point inform me on what's happening what could happen this is why i know there were some some split opinions on this i really liked the aj pierzynski adam wainwright booth with the strawster play-by-play guy i think adam amin yep. was the play-by-play guy for the twins wildcard series yes sir amin was he was nimble he was you know he would call the play-by-play as needed but he would know what questions to ask the other guys. Then he would kind of know when to step away and let these a three man booth. And again, like it's, these are sometimes local budgets. And so I get that maybe the twins aren't going to pay for a three man booth for an entire 162 game season. There's some, there's a whole budgetary conversation here that goes into like losing the $55 million a year, $53 million a year in Bally's money. Like, where does that come from? But I would love to see a three man booth to your point conversational, entertaining, tell stories, tell us, predict what's going to happen based on your knowledge. Give us insight into what the catcher and pitcher are thinking, like all this fun stuff. And, um, and maybe it's a mix. Maybe, you know, maybe it's not the same three man booth all the time, but the one thing that they, and they have a stable of like six or seven players, even hell Roy Smalley from the eighties, Roy Smalley's good. If you, you know, if you, if you tee him up and seek knowledge, he's one of them. We had him as a regular guest for a long time on our old radio show. Great. Super insightful guy. Um, but the one thing that really like when, when they put, let's say it's play by play guy, it's Bramer and it's uh, Morno in the broadcast booth. And then it's Ploof in the camera. Well, or it's Glenn in the camera. Well, to me, that's a waste of a third person unless he's getting so much more information by being in the camera. Well, cause he's next to the dugout or something, right. but I would rather just have those three guys in the same booth, yucking it up like a talk show. You know, and now you're 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 eavesdropping in on almost like eavesdropping in on a podcast or something. And oh, by the way, uh, there's a walk runners on first and second here. This inning is starting to build here, right? Like the play by play should almost be an oh, by the way. I think when you're watching on TV, radio totally different because you got to describe what's yeah. happening. But there, there's a huge opportunity here. I feel like going forward into sort of the the modern era of Twins TV coverage. And. I like listening to John Blake because what, what they do is, you know, they do those watch parties, which is pretty cool. And they just, they, they entertain me. Like I, I love watching their YouTube channel, mostly just get some baseball knowledge, but like it's fun. Watch them play the immaculate crib. It's fun. Watch them make up these random games. Um, and I think, yeah. I think broadcasts are honestly heading towards more of that. It's it's not just, yeah, the rigged play by play man and the color commentator who was a former player. Um, I think it's definitely evolved and how they want to go about that, whether that's Provis, who I'm a big fan of, or whether that's an outside hire, or even, look, if they're really against the pennies and, and against the cap and whatnot, do they do a simulcast? Like, I, 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 think they'll, I think they have a whole open book here on what they want to do to, to basically start a new TV network or to new TV play-by-play guy. Yeah, it's going to be. Do you think, are there any other names? I mean, Provis is the obvious. What they could do is... Provis to the TV side would, would just be the easiest, smoothest internal transition unless he's getting a lot of, you know, it's possible that there's like national opportunities for him, 
you know, if, or if there's a Chicago opportunity at some point, because that's kind of where he's from. But I, th- I think he would love to take that TV job if it makes sense. And then you could make Chris Atterbury. He's been kind of the, bla- the backup play-by-play guy for, what, 10-plus years. You could make that easy transition on the radio side, too. Are there other names that we're not thinking of? Would they go, like, outside the Minnesota sphere for someone that, like, when the Wolves went and got Dave Benz and then they got Michael Grady, like, those guys were from completely outside the market. Provis was from completely outside the market. I think it was still Bally they might because, you know, they have a stable of announcers in their family and there's a chance that they might. I got to think with the Twins taking – over the sort of control completely of the telecast, which is what I expect. I got to think it's Corey. Plus, yeah. if you don't if you don't give Corey that that job, you're tempting him to leave. And he is one of the best play by play guys or just announcers that we have had in this market, in my opinion, in a long time. Um, to Declan's point, the simulcast is interesting because it is a great way to cut costs. Unfortunately, it would cut us out from the knees as far as what we're talking about. Cause if you're doing a simulcast, you have to do play by play. I yeah. believe as far as baseball goes, the only team I I've heard that does a simulcast, I think the Toronto blue Jays did one at one time. I'm not sure that they still do, um, but you can't dismiss it because we do come back to one incredibly important thing, which is the twins have, and this is the huge question. What are they going to do from my, financial standpoint if they control the telecasts one do they still stand to get reimbursed at all from baseball because i know that baseball said that they would help the teams that bally bailed on during the 2023 season but my guess is no and so the second question is then if you have to produce the telecast your revenue is basically going to come through advertising sales which is great but you're still in charge of then the production trucks like there are things you have to have there this the is where ba- yeah, baseball almost needs to create some sort of mls like landing yeah. spot for these and it's it's gonna but if they have to they're, pay they're, for that it's a huge i mean th- those are those are overhead expenses the twins simply i don't think had to worry about yeah but like there's no alternative right is there no. i think we've we've kind of gotten to the point where okay sinclair's the parent company for bally and all the regional networks there isn't another compet. Ten years ago, NBC Sports had regional sports networks all over the place, and Fox Sports North. And then there was like, you had like, and some of these still exist, like Root Sports in Pittsburgh and Seattle, and you had all these different. And so there are some markets where there'd literally be a bidding war between like the NBC regional network and the Fox regional network, and up, up, up the price goes. I don't think now that now that Bally is out of the mix here in the Twin Cities, there's not like another. No one is coming in with a 40 to 50 to $60 million a year golden parachute to get the rights on your platform. But if baseball, much like MLS, and now MLS is kind of cutting off discovery of their sport by putting everything behind an Apple TV paywall, but at least you know as a fan of soccer, if I want to watch an MLS game, if I want to watch Minnesota United, I know where it is. Or at least, they should, you know, and they'll do a better job of getting the word out. But the Twins... I think the Twins have a big enough brand in baseball. You know, Major League Baseball has been around for 150 years that if they were to decide at some point, let's put all of the local games on one platform, I think they could get the word out to enough fans. But then the question would be, if you're the Yankees and you've got your own owned and operated channel that gets you $400 million a year in revenue or $200 million a year, and there's a team like the Twins that like can't cobble together their own deal because there's no 
bidders in the market, do some of the other big market teams balk at that type of a deal because they don't want to be subsidizing? You know, that that's where it comes in. Like, do right. the big owners get territorial about we want the oh, current yeah, system in place because we make a lot of money off it. So, they, they, yeah, and that, that's been a problem for a long time because that's why the twins, um, the twins have never really had like a great and fifty. I, I think we found out during the lawsuit last summer that that they were twins were actually pulling in what fifty five, fifty six yeah. mil from Bally. Yeah. But I mean that's a drop in the bucket compared to the Dodgers, the yep. Yankees the Red Sox. So that's been a long uh, standing problem. But if the twins have to actually with out of their own pocketbook finance that this thing, that's going to have a big impact on who they hire for talent, what they do. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, there's a, there's a whole nother, it's sort of a business related, probably not sexy conversation, but I, I'm going to tell you, it's going to become incredibly important. Because as far as as far as what the team's payroll is going to be and where you're going to see games and can they cut deals for a one-off channel with YouTube TV, with Xfinity, with uh, Dish, with Direct TV, like all of these things are going to become incredibly important. Um, but the bottom line for the Twins is how are they going to even be, uh, begin to replace what was basically for years from. Fox Sports North and then uh, Diamond Sports Group, just a flat check that I think they, they were essentially yeah. handed and they had power over things, but they didn't have to worry about paying for those things. Yeah, you'd rather just it's easier just to get the check. Um, all right. Yes. Well, let's get to a random twin of the week here before we wrap this podcast presented by our friends over at Finch Home Solutions. Judd, let's tell the audience about our favorite van. Oh, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. show that van right there. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's Show not on the this van uh, channel right now, but, uh, but but you'll see the van. Oh, it's, it's not, not on, on this on this one, but but it, it, it's uh, oh there. Let's, it is. I got well, it. we need to make. Sure. I got it. Yeah, Thank it you very much. Rob, there I'm it is. The yeah, Finch, I'm looking at the video oh, section. Come on, not Finch the Home Solutions. Section. Finch Home Solutions everywhere. That's my friend Cody Finch, and and I'm going to tell you right now, Finch Home Solutions projects, big or small, they've got your back. And when it comes to the electrical issues in your home. They are going to take care of them. They are fast. They are courteous. They're professional. And you know what is great? They're straight shooters. They're going to come to your house, and they're going to tell you exactly what needs to be done, and not more, not less. And so if you want an honest resolution to problems electrically in your home, and by the way, there is nothing more important, and unlike some projects, this is not a DIY situation. These are things that need to be fixed and fixed correctly for the safety of your family. Go to finchhomesolutions.com. That's finchhomesolutions.com. Their uh, their site has been redone. It's great. In fact, you can go on there right now, and you can put in what your needs are, and the service call will be dispatched to your home before you know it. finchhomesolutions.com. Also, a shout-out to our friends at Burger Press and Shawarma Cart in Edina. This place is delicious. Mm. So owned and operated by homegrown Minnesota sports fans, big supporters and fans of Score North and, uh, and everything that we're doing here, so we appreciate that. The food is unbelievable. So I was over there a couple weeks ago for lunch on a Friday, and I dove into the Shawarma Cart section and tested out the shawarma wrap, a shawarma burrito. I couldn't eat all of it at once, so I had like a sampling of the shawarma wrap, a sampling of the shawarma burrito, uh, the shawarma bowls. They have a hot sauce called Rectum Rectum. So uh, if you like hot sauce, it's fantastic. <laughs> Burger Press and Shawarma Cart Indie Dine just off 494 in France Avenue. Go on in there, check it out, let us know what you think. All right, boys. So uh, losers out, and I was the loser last week. 
Declan versus Judd this week. Judd, you correctly guessed Glenn Williams to get on the board here. Um, you had Gary Gaetti four weeks ago, too. So the, the most recent random twins are Glenn Williams, Butch Husky, Ryan Presley, Gary Gaetti, and Henry Blanco. Yeah, I brought that one to the table. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it's Declan versus Judd. You get three strikes each. And if you hit your third strike, you're out. The other person wins. I've got a series of clues. You can answer, uh, ask questions if you want. I don't have to answer them. It's my game. It's time around. All right. Screw you guys. I have an eight to four, eight points to Declan's four to Judd's three. Mm. So we'll see if uh, one of you guys can get a little closer to the crown right. here. It's our chance. This random twin had four career Major League Baseball plate appearances. Oh, I love what you're doing here. I got a just hat tip to you right now. Mm-hmm. Hat tip. He did play in 276 minor league games. Was a standout in high school in baseball and soccer. Mm-hmm. Judd looks perplexed right now. Oh, it's good. This is great. This random twin has a World Series ring as a player. That's right. It's a champion. A world with, champion. With four career plate appearances, but, mm-hmm. a, big, but a lot of minor league experience. Mm-hmm. Okay. This random twin once picked up a win in the World Baseball Classic. Wish I watched it. Now I wish I watched the World Baseball Classic. Should have paid attention. Mm-hmm. In 2002, this random twin was named College Baseball First Team All-American by the Jewish Sports Review along with future major leaguers Super Sam Fold and Adam Greenberg. Sam Fold, another great former Minnesota twin. 2002, college. Mm-hmm. <laughs> this is great. This random twin was part of seven, I believe, seven organizations in his professional baseball career, including the twins, obviously. I thought there was an eighth. You know what? Yeah, there was an eighth. Oh, changes everything. Those organizations are. Is there? A, there might be a tenth. Boy, there's there's a lot of teams here. Let's see here. No, there's a, a second stint there. Padres. I've been ripped for doing this. Twins. <laughs> Red Sox. You guys can rip me. I'm kind of flying by the seat of my pants here. 
Indians, Athletics, Diamondbacks, Marlins. Did I say Red Sox already? Mm -hmm. Red Sox. And he was with three of those organizations twice. I might get this name wrong because it's coming to me, but I think he's on... If 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 I'm right, he's on Twitter. Uh, pitch because he pitched for the Reds. Is, is is it that is it Pat Light? Pat Light. Okay, it's incorrect. All right. This random twin played in 507 career major league games and 10 playoff games. Ah. Uh. This random twin played college baseball in the Ivy League. (laughs) This is great. (laughs) The Ivy League. This random twin's career was thought to be... Oh, that's a great guess. Craig Breslow guess. That's a great guess. It is Craig Breslow. God bless it. (laughs) The new Red Sox chief baseball officer who beat out Thad Levine for that job. You you pulled the Presley. (laughs) You pulled the Presley. Oh, man. Love Craig Breslow. Back-to-back wins for Judd here on Random Twin of the Week. Oh, man. That's the fourth career victory for Judd and Random Twin, tying Declan with four. It'll be Declan's turn to torture us next week on this segment. All right, we got to go here. Congratulations to Judd here. Congratulations to Craig Breslow. Dick Bramer, 40 years. uh, Dick Bramer, 40 years. And uh, we'll see what happens with these Twins TV broadcasts. How about Phil Mackey? Play-by-play voice of the Twins. I would love that job. Absolutely.